words from the hills, reconfigure your life, change your heart, and prepare you for all that God has destined you to be. Welcome to the Hills Church. The title of our conversation this morning is Founded on the Seas, and I will share my screen. Founded on the Seas. Founded on the Seas. So this actually is a story about God and his creation who founded the earth on the seas. Founded on the seas. What does it mean? This act was actually taken out of the scripture. Scripture is in scripture is in Psalm 24, verse 2. What God's mind was was to create the earth and build his foundation and then there was like an impact on what God built so God came for a repair work and the repair work is actually always turning watery abyss into glory so in the beginning of creation we read in Genesis chapter 1 that the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters of primordial earth. And God who was the creator of the universe. The universe is made up of matter, energy, space, and time. This universe we live in. And also other principalities and beings. But if God created the earth, it means that God himself is not in the earth he's created. God cannot create something and be inside what he created. Nobody makes anything as inside what he created. The person who makes the thing is always outside what he created. So God is not in matter, God is not in energy, God is not in space, and God is not in time. He's not in any of these things. He's outside of time. He's outside of matter. He's outside of energy. So all of you guys talk about the energy of the universe. Actually, there's no universal energy that God did not put in the universe. Do you understand? So God created everything and he is bigger than what he created. That's the first thing I want you guys to establish this morning. Romans chapter 1 verse 20. I'm going to be reading quite some scriptures because we're going to build this word on the Bible. Romans chapter 1 verse 20. For ever since the world was created, people have seen this, the earth and sky through everything God made they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power, and his divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. Despite the fact that God is not inside what he created, everything he created points to what? To a creator. So it's clear from the things that you see that somebody made these things. His eternal qualities, his sin, in the earth and in the sky. Everything God makes shows that there is a maker of these things. Do you know? And yesterday God was speaking to me about the things that he made and how he repairs things and how he carries things to a construction work. And if you read Genesis chapter 1 verse 1, you will see how God repairs things. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Then what do we read next? And the earth was without form and void. 
and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Another way to say it, darkness was on form of the watery abyss. The earth was just like full of splashes and all types of, all types of things. In that messed up place, God now said, let there be light. And boom, the light exploded. The first thing God brings when he wants to bring a man to himself is to bring illumination. If God ever wants to draw you, the first thing you will see is who you are, is who he is. Is that knowledge of the fact that, ah, that's God, oh. This is God. That's the first thing. Then the next thing he said, day two, that was day one, he created the light, day two. Day one, he actually created the big light, which was the sun, to rule the day. And the small light, which is the moon, to rule the night. That means that God actually creates seasons in your life. By creating the sun, the next thing God does is act, activate the opening of seasons. Day two, guess what God did? He said, I'm going to separate the waters beneath from the waters above. So God raised a firmament and scattered the starry host of the skies. That's when he began to create the planet. That's when he began to create you, the universe. That's when he started to create all the other galaxies that ex exist outside our Milky Way was day two. God raised the firmament above and separated from the earth and says, let the waters above gather. And then God also activated what we call now precipitation, where the clouds above hold up water in the atmosphere. And God brought up the gases that sustain the universe. So God actually created something so scientific that even scientists are still trying to uncover what God created in day two. What God does is do a deep work of separation. If God was bringing you out from the world, after he shows you the light, the next thing he will do is what? Separation. On the third day, this is what God did in Genesis chapter 1, verse 9 and 10. God then, God said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together in one place and let dry ground appear. And so it was. And God called the dry ground earth and the gathering together of the, of the, of the waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. The third day of all God will do the third day represents the day of the Lord. The third day represents the day when God works. The third day represents the day of God's power. And what God does is to bring dry ground out of the sea of your life. Your life may be full of water. Your life may be full of impossibilities. But on the third day, God will found dry ground out of the watery out of the watery oceans of your life, God will bring the sand out from the water. He will call the sand the dry ground, and he will call the dry, and he will call the watery place the seas. God will separate the earth from the sea. So God created the earth. God found that the dry ground will walk upon right now. He founded it on the third day. 
On the third day, God begins to work. On the third day, God begins to speak over everything that is watery and broken. On the third day, God begins to declare that I'm going to separate you. I'm going to bring out dry ground out of your, out of your watery mess. On the third day, he founded the earth on the seas. On the third day, he loaded up the earth from the seas. How powerful is that? This is Genesis chapter 1 for you to see the unlocking mind of God. So if God wants to bring you out, first he shows you the light. Number two thing he does is separation. Number three thing he does, bring out this table, bring out some stability out of you. On the third day, on the fourth day, guess what God does? Prosperity. He begins to bring out the plants, the animals, the fishes. He fills the oceans with fishes, fill the land with dry anim with animals. So that's actually how God's reconstruction work goes. On the first day, there's something he does. On the second day, there's something he does. On the third day and on the seventh day, we enter the day of rest where we all cease from our labors. On the seventh day of your walking with God, God will bring you to a place of knowledge of him that will bring you into rest. So... God was telling me yesterday that in the creation story is the way he repairs mankind. Anyone he takes from the world and he wants to repair him, this is the journey. First he shows him the light. Then number two, he does a separation. Then number three, he brings out firm ground out of the seas. Number four, he fills the man with capacity, with resources to do the mandate. You know, and on number five, number six, and on the seventh day is the rest of God. That would, that would be another message. I won't even finish preaching it. But I want to tell you guys that on the third day, let's stay on this third day for a moment. God founded, founded the earth from the sea. Is your life full of water everywhere right now? You don't know where to turn. If this is the third day in your life, the sea is coming. Say amen. And that brings us to our scripture, which we build the message today on Psalm 24, verse 1 to 2. The earth is the Lord's and all its fullness, the world and those who dwell therein. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it on the waters. Say amen. amen. And John chapter 17 begins to describe what God wants to do. He said, I have given them your world. And the world has not has hated them, for they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. When God begins to walk in your life, it will be very clear that you are no more of the world. God is now the owner. He says, for they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. But I'm not asking that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. Keep them in the world. Keep them from evil. Everyone who gives their life to Christ, the first thing is not rapture. The first thing is to be kept by the power of God in the world. The first thing is to be kept by the grace of God in the world. The world may not know you. The world may not see you. But there's a keeping of the glory of God in your life. Say amen. amen. And God wants to keep you. God wants to sustain you. God wants to bring you out. God wants to cause you to stand on dry ground. God wants you to stand on firm ground. God wants to found you even in the midst of the seas of trouble. God wants to found you on dry ground even in the seas of confusion. God wants to found you on dry ground in the earth right now. Can we say we have a sea of confusion or not? 
Can we say that nations are confused or not? Can we say that lands and territories, even the church of Christ is confused or not? Do you, can we say that churches are not asking questions like, why are we in this place? Why can't we worship? Why can't we be free? People are asking these questions. But guess what? In the watery abyss, God brings out dry ground. And right now, God is raising up dry ground in many places, in many lives. God is causing people to come out and walk on dry ground. Say, Amen. When God founded the earth upon the seas, he began to articulate the founding in many areas. The number one unit that God set up is the marriage. Number two is right living. Number four, number three is our work. Number five is the nations we live in. Number six is the entire creation. So let's grade, let's grade the the story and the journey of our lives in this kind of way. If God wants to settle someone, one of the ways God does it is bring the person into a relationship. The Bible says he plays the lonely in families. The number one thing God wants to repair is families. So when families struggle, it's like everything they do is a watery sinkhole of effort. It's like everything they try. Have you ever seen a family struggle? The man hates the struggle. The woman hates the struggle, but the struggle is real. You see them fighting. And they don't fight because there's no love. Sometimes they love each other very deeply, but there's a war. And what the devil wants to do using this is to increase distress. But I want to speak to a family this morning, hearing the word of God, that God is rebuilding families. If God, if the society is destroying, is getting destroyed because there are no good families, because the family front is broken. Like once, I remember in the UK, there was a riot and all the young boys were around, out breaking shops, destroying things. This was about six years ago, seven years ago. How many of you remember the London riots? I think I can't think. I can't remember what it was about, but they were looting and looting and looting. As they were looting and doing all these things, guess what the government now said? The government now said, we want to encourage fathers and mothers to call their children to order. And everybody was like, how can we call our children to order when you ask us not to spank our children? The Bible says, spare the rod and spoil the child. Nobody says you brutalize children, but there's the rod of correction that drives out foolishness. The Bible says foolishness abounds in the heart of a child. All my kids know that you can't do rubbish. No, you can't. You can't. You cannot come back with horrible grades. What were you doing? If you want to destroy society, destroy a family. Fathers, who have no sense of where they're taking their children to, mothers who don't know what they are doing. And this is how to destroy society. In 10 short years of broken families, the entire society will be in it. If you see any sustenance in society right now, it's because some families are making the effort. Without families, and that's exactly why people are saying, we have a fatherless generation. People who nobody can tell what to do. Have you met those kind of people? Nobody can tell them. Nobody can give them any advice. Nobody can suggest anything to them. They always know it all. It's bad, it's bad parentage. 
in a family, children know how to step back for each other. In a family, you know you have junior ones. You give. In a family, you learn that it's not your voice only. There are other people's voices too. In a family, you learn so many things in a family. You learn how to give care. You see broken boys? This rape thing we're talking about, family. Boys are not raised. You see this thing we're talking about? And then, of course, we're saying, we don't need men. Of course, now we need more men. We're going to stand up and be the order spirit in their family. And I just want to encourage families who are watching this morning that your father, your mother, and last, last Sunday was Father's Day. We didn't even remember. We're just so gone, soaked that. I remember at the beginning, I wanted to pray over fathers. But fathers, 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 there's a job for you in the home, first of all. The Bible says you're the priest over your home. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 4. Let marriage be had in honor among all and let their bed be undefiled. For fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. There are many married men who are going around propositioning young girls. Why? So you made a pledge before God that you love your wife and then you see a new girl and this new girl is the new thing. What about your pledge? Do you understand? There will always be new chicks. There will always be new women coming every year. For they say the beautiful ones are not yet born. Are you going to hold on to your covenant? And for the many women who cheat in their marriage, can I speak a word over you? This is not God's plan. This is not God's idea. And for young people who can't wait to have sex and want sex and sex and more sex. Believe me, on the other side of marriage, you're going to have a lot of it and you're going to be begging them to stop. You understand? Can I tell you something? The devil is keen on destroying the family. And once he destroys the family, what he has in mind is to bring a watery abyss over the earth. But God is a restorer. Say amen. The next thing is the habit of sin. I have a very gory picture. <laughs> sin is like bringing home a monster. And the monster, when he's small, is cute. You tell the monster, bring out the little fire. The monster will say, ah, the little fire will come. You'll be feeding the monster. Oh, after a while, you feed the monster vegetable. After a while, the monster doesn't eat. You start giving the monster chicken. After chicken, it's like giving the monster goat. After goat, you now need a cow to feed the whole monster. By the time this monster grows, it will tower over your house. That's sin. The Bible says, and sin, when it's full grown, will cause death. Let me read that scripture. It says, but everyone is tempted by his own evil desires. James chapter 1 verse 14. He's lured away and enticed. Then after sin has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's fully grown, gives birth to death. I've heard people talk about this message of being sin conscious and saying we shouldn't live in sin consciousness. Of course, we should live in the consciousness of what Christ has done. But if you don't acknowledge that you're a sinner, how can you repent of what you don't acknowledge? If you don't acknowledge that the world is steeped in sin, if you don't acknowledge that this world rejects God, if you don't acknowledge that this society is bent against God, if you don't acknowledge this present generation is anti-God, how can you stop what you, are, what you don't know? So 
First of all, you must acknowledge that you are a sinner. Acknowledge that, <laughs> that there is evil. Acknowledge it. Don't deny that there is evil. Then you can begin your journey back out. Don't feed the habit of sin. Don't feed the habit of your seduction. Don't feed the habit of your chains. Don't feed the habit of drugs. How does drug addiction start? You always see the person take one. Take one shot. Always, somebody always introduces you to Igbo the first time. It's not somebody who introduces your friend who say, let's have a good time. They will bring one rap. You will be looking at it like, what is this? You know that this thing is bad. But you don't want to be a Jew guy. And you know what's happening? One rap. And after a while, you're the one who is buying raps for everyone. After a while, you're the one running behind to sell your mother's TV so you can buy more raps for everyone. Does that know what happens? After a while, you become a fugitive. And you feel like it's never going to happen to me. No. If you feed sin, sin will always come back and control you. And it's impossible for you to break the habit of of sin until Abba, Father, gives you a sword. And that's what you're saying. In the watery river of the ocean, I will bring dry ground out. In the watery power of sin, I will cause life to come. In the watery brokenness of your sinful life, I will cause light to come. I will separate you from the things that destroy you. I will give you the power to live above sin. Say amen. Amen. Number three, the work of our hands. Every good endeavor. Tim Keller, the pastor of Presbyterian Church in New York, wrote a book called Every Good Endeavor. And in that, in that book, he said some qualities that make for men to, to live life of excellence. And in this, he talked about excellence, integrity, discipline, creativity, and passion. He says these five things help the Holy Spirit to inspire your work. This is the five ways by which the Holy Spirit inspires your work. Today, more than ever, we need, we need to be established. People need to start businesses. Even right now in the nation, the nation needs to jumpstart. People need to begin. God has even given us a word that we should step out. Step out. Step out. Don't stay in the place of conundrum. Step out by faith. Go and start something. Go and begin something. You know, today there's technology needs growing. There's genuine business coming. And God wants to birth even out of nothing your idea. First Peter chapter 5, verse 10. It says, after your brief suffering, the God of all loving grace, who has called you to share in his eternal glory in Christ, will personally and powerfully restore you and make you stronger than ever. Yet he will set you firmly in your place and build you up. Say amen. After a season of suffering, God has a mind to settle you. After a season of going through so many things, God has a mind to bring you into your own. God wants to personally and powerfully restore you and make you stronger in your business. He will set you up firmly in your place and build you up. God wants to build you up. God wants to create an idea over you. God wants to do you know, like, I've seen that many times, right? Most of the people who are rich are actually not godly men. A wicked man who will do anything for money. Many. Not all. Many. I'm looking for an opportunity when godly men will break into wealth. 
to show the world. And this godly man is not to come and show. This is not for showmanship. This is not for you to buy a Bentley and a Rolls Royce and roll like a guy everybody called. He should hush and he should be a puppy. I didn't call any names. Right. It's not for you to rent seven-star hotel suites and show the picture on Instagram. It's not for you to hire private planes and keep them even when you don't need them. It's not for you to squander when your nation is so broken and people can't eat. That's not the essence of wealth. God brings wealth to restore the broken. And right now, I feel like God will bring some people into wealth. God will bring you into great wealth. God will bring you into resources so that you can build his covenant, so you can build systems, so you can build society, so you can restore that which hurts. He says, after you suffer a while, he wants you to establish you. This is a time for new businesses. This is a time for new ideas to try. This is a time for your, for, your, for your mind to explode into the realms of God. This is a time, even as the earth gets distressed, this is a time when God is releasing the wisdom to join public sector, to do stuff in the private space, to look for venture capital, to look for new partners. This is the time to begin new businesses. Trust me, this is the time to begin new business. What did I say? This is the time to begin new businesses because God will found your business on the watery abyss of the seas. And even though the seas are distressed and the water is tumultuous, then God will cause grace to come to you and begin to found you, the God of all grace, after you suffer the world, establish, strengthen, settle you. He will bring you into your own. He will plant you in your place. He will cause you to be a light in the city so that men will see you and glorify your father in heaven do you know how many school fees we still need to pay you know how many children we still need to live out of poverty you know how many roads we need to build you know how many economies we need to upturn the bible says that those of us who are blessed will borrow to nations abraham was so blessed that when sodom took away his they called abraham and abraham gathered his militia guess how many servants he had trained men in his house guess how many one thousand one thousand one man had one thousand servants they are trained for war. So if there are 1,000 men who could go to war, how many women and children did they have? Think about it. Abraham was wealthy because of the covenant of God. And God says, look to Abraham. Let's look back to Abraham. Abraham is your father. And if Abraham is your father, his, his blood is flowing in. You say, Amen. Amen. Abraham's blood is flowing in you. God wants you established. Now, what God doesn't want is covetousness. He says, beware of covetousness. But God is not saying all his children will be poor. There will be those who are selected to establish his covenant and to increase wealth and to build things. Amen. Amen. Praise God. The next thing God wants to do is to build the nations. Build the nations. He says he makes wars to cease throughout the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters despair. He burns the shields in fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted above the earth. Psalm 46 verse 9 to 10. Psalm 46 verse 9 to 10. God makes wars to cease throughout the earth. 
Right now, there's a war going in Yemen. Right now, there's a war of Boko Haram in northern Nigeria. Right now, there's a war of poverty. Right now, there is a war of different types of wars. There are different types of troubles going on in the earth. And God says, I make war to cease. I bring nations to their own. I bring peace to the earth. I break the spear. I burn the shields in fire. And he said, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations in every nation of the earth. God wants to be exalted. Whether it's Nigeria or South Africa or Kenya or Ethiopia or the United Kingdom or France, Germany, Belgium, Poland, whatever nation, whether it's Kazakhstan, Uzbekistan, whatever nation in the earth, God will be exalted in all the earth. God's glory will fill the nations. When the nations are full of watery abyss, God will found the earth upon the seas. God can bring the earth out of the seas. Jonah had an encounter with God. And when Jonah had an encounter, in Jonah chapter 3, he prayed a prayer. It's called the prayer of Jonah. And Jonah says, The Lord, you took me to the moorings of the earth. I saw where you laid the foundation of the earth. And you saw where you laid the foundation. You put the beams of the mountain. I went to the foundation of the mountain. Guess where it was? When the when the whale took him down there. See, this is where the foundation of the mountains were. The leg of every mountain you see on the earth is in the sea. <laughs> so God plants this firm ground on water. God plants. He founds the hardness we see on softness. He created the whole world and made it a ball. The world is lying on top of nothing. Can you believe that? That this whole world with all this density is flying out in empty space. That is wild. That is wild. Plus the ocean, plus the water body is held together by gases, by forces, magnetic food. So it means that the, this earth Will the water in the earth will empty out, right? Fall out of the earth. <laughs> like, you can imagine what the earth will be like. The wisdom that put the earth together. So the Bible says, since the beginning of time, the, from the visible things, you can see the invisible qualities of God. And you cannot see this earth in its complexity, in its mathematical accuracy. Everything can be measured and say there is no God. So God says, be still and know that I am God. When there is war, be still and know that I am God. When there is confusion, be still and know that I am God. When there is disease in the land, be still and know that I am God. When there is a pandemic, be still and know that I am God. When things are broken, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted in the earth. I will be exalted among the nations. Say amen. People everywhere 
God wants to repair nations. The first thing God wants to do is to get his people to gather. As his people gather together, they form a little community. As this is how God repairs the nation. This is a blueprint for how God repairs the nation. He gathers a people. His people will gather in a small community without people. 50, 20, it doesn't matter. Maybe 100, he will gather a, a group of disciples. And those disciples will create a community. And those community will affect their local council, their local town, their local community. As the people of God gather, they must affect where they live. As they begin to affect where they live, they begin to see their city changed. As we begin to walk and prayer walk the streets, as we begin to, to share with the local government, as we begin to see that justice is done in the land, as we begin to raise our voice of what is important, we actually see our city change. And when we bring the government of God down, and when we pray the will of God down, and when we set the righteous people in authority, and when the wicked are thrown down, then all of a sudden you begin to see a nation change. A nation change. So this is actually God's order for changing nations. People everywhere will connect to what God is doing. So God calls for life from the moorings of the earth. The mooring, like how you where you moor a ship. The earth is moored, like the anchor of the earth is inside the sea. Like I was reading about Jonah just now. God is calling for life from the mooring of the earth. So it doesn't matter where you are or how gone, how far gone. Your watery abyss is God is calling out to you today. He's calling out to you. Do you want to come? Come out of the watery abyss. Come out of that lost place. Come out of that broken place. Come and walk with God. Come and be a repairer of lost systems. Come and be a restorer of broken nations. Let the glory of God fill your life and the power of God fill your world because God is calling forth life from the waters God is calling forth life from the waters let the waters flow let the rivers flow let the waters flow what does God want to do he wants to rebuild the family God wants to download divine intelligence for work. God wants to give people strategies to make wealth. God wants to give people ideas to increase revenue. God wants to give people wisdom to gather resources. God wants to restore the city. God wants to restore the nation in which you live in. God wants violence to cease. God wants evil to stop. God wants to restore the lands in which you live in. Say amen. And above all, God wants to repair the nations and fix the cities of the earth. God is interested in fixing the cities of the earth. Say amen. And then when it's done, it says, he makes wars to cease throughout the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields in fire. One more time, be still and know that I am God. Let's say, let's say it together. Be still and know that I am God. One more time, be still and know that I am God. Write it out on the screen and say, be still and know that I am God. 
Shout it out wherever you are. Say, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in all the earth. What God wants is to found the earth upon the seas. Psalm 24 verse 2 is where we conclude today. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. Say it again. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. One more time. God is looking for a life to establish. God is looking for someone to pour grace into. God is looking for a life to partner with. Are you the one? Are you the one who God is going to found? I know there's too many people like they don't understand how this affects your life personally. But if you're far away from where your life should be, if you're far away from what your goals are, if you're if you stuck in a habit and you know that you're always losing friends, if you have this thing where there's nobody in your corner because you have sort of like a personality that is not okay and you've been praying to God to change your personality, if you have something that is working against you, that there's a system that's at work that doesn't satisfy you. If you have this trouble in your life that you know that God needs to fix, if you have this problem of sin habits, if you have this problem of work where things are not orderly in your life, then this message is for you. God is here to sit upon you, to raise up the broken, to release the captives, to declare the liberty of those who worship God. Say amen. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Father God, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you for everyone who's connected, oh God. I thank you for everyone, oh God. Yes, I thank you. I thank you for everyone. <laughs> I thank you, oh God, for everyone at this time, oh God, who is hearing my voice. I thank you. I bless you. I bless you. I bless you for their lives. I celebrate your grace in them. Their life may be watering a beast right now, but then you're raising your decree. This is the time when you're proclaiming your word in their life, oh God. This is the time when you're proclaiming your word in their life. Their lives may be a watery decree, right? De de you know, the watery abyss right now. But like on the third day, you began to work and you begin to command the seas. So right now, I can see your hands over the seas of their lives. I can see your hands over the seas of many lives, causing sand to emerge where was watery before and separating the sea from the land, the land you call dry ground and the sea you called the, 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 the waters you call the seas. So Lord, I ask for a separation for dry ground and sea in every life. I ask for a separation that for people who have not been able to have dry ground, that they will have dry ground today in the name of Jesus Christ. For people whose lives have been so full of water that you separate the sand from the ocean, oh God. You separate the sea from the land, oh God. You will give them a place to stand in the world, oh God. And even though you may be standing on the watery abyss of the 
earth, even though it may be standing on the waters of the oceans and the and the and the moorings of the earth, Lord God. Today I declare that over your sons and daughters there will be stability. You will bring an establishment of your sons and daughters today. Father, there's someone here who's struggling and said, I'm always all over the place. I am not established, oh God. Let this be the season of establishment. Let this be the season of building, oh God. Let this be the season of restoration in the name of Jesus Christ. There's someone who is waiting, 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 waiting for that which is to come, oh God. Father, let this be the time when you found their lives on the sea. Father, we ask for a founding in the midst of impossibility, in the midst of brokenness, in the midst of injury, oh God. We ask that you bring out life. Someone here is going through stress, mental stress, oh God. Pressure, oh God. This morning I ask, oh God, for stability in their life in the name of Jesus Christ. Someone here is going through a broken spell in the name of Jesus Christ. I ask for stability in their life in the name of Jesus Christ. Make them stable for the God of all grace after that people have suffered a while will make his sons perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle them. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks for listening to this message from the Hills Church. Our mission is to love people, connect with family, and touch the world. Learn more on our website at www.ecclesiahills.org or email us at hello at ecclesiahills.org. 